0: Game Over featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. <laughs> by the Metropolitan Police to lead a review into the investigation of the murder of Alice Monroe. We've had our share of murderers in Belfast, but never anything like this. I love you. Love you, Daddy. No one here has the experience she has. Welcome to Belfast. The killer is out there somewhere, and we have nothing at all. Two professional women killed... Own homes by strangulation. You make sure nobody gets in the house. Keep those people back, okay? She has a high level of chorionic gonadotropin in her blood. I'm thinking she was pregnant. If we don't stop him, he will kill again. Oh. You look tired. Did you have a busy night? quite busy, yeah. It's about power and control. Do you have any idea of the effect you have on men? It thrills him to stalk these women. Haven't you heard? There's a stranger in the pro. To break into their home. (laughs) What could be more intimate than squeezing the life from another human being? everybody and welcome to GeekFest Rants, my name is Carlos Peron and today we are going to be talking about crime shows, thriller shows, you know, those kind of murder mystery type of shows, specifically a couple that I've been watching lately. And this includes The Head, The Fall, Mayor of Easttown, and Clarice. So let's get started with some of these crime thriller mysteries. television Television is not the truth television is an amusement park television is a circus a carnival a traveling troupe of acrobats storytellers dancers singers jugglers sideshow freaks lion tamers and football players we're in the boredom killing business all right the first of these crime suspense thriller related shows that i want to mention is called the head a very unusual title for a show. It's, I believe it's a short series. I don't believe it's meant to be a, a you know season after season kind of deal. Unless they decide to make it. I don't know. But first let me tell you how I found this show. Again, the way that I sometimes find these are so crazy. So on Facebook I belong to a, a group that is like fans of the movie The Thing. So every now and then they'll post. It's all about the thing, the thing, you know, pictures of the thing, clips of the thing, and this and that and the other. But every now and then they'll post, like, oh, I just watched this movie, and it has a little bit of the thing in it, or it's a little bit like the thing, or it deals a little bit with the thing, you know, that kind of stuff. And and a lot of times they're they're really bad movies. <laughs> Surprise. No mystery there. They're really bad. Sometimes I guess you, you can get lucky. This time, I think... I got lucky and it's not because of the theme it's just because of the setting and because of the mystery but not because of the mechanics of the show in terms of the the genre the thing is obviously a horror sci-fi movie this is a kind of like a murder mystery of thing. There there is no supernatural anything in this in this show however let me give you a little bit of the plot it's basically an Arctic station that is about to switch crews from the summer to the winter crew. So one crew is going home, and one crew is kind of coming in, getting ready for the the winter, which is also where it's going to be dark, like, every day for a while. It's one of those kind of crazy scenarios where, you know, people have been known to to react not too well to having so much darkness and not enough sunlight. One of the best things about this miniseries, if you will, is that they kind of you know these crews are used to this thing they're used to the switchover and they they turn it into what there's always like a party I guess when they switch from one to the other so as they're switching from the summer to the winter crew, one of their traditions they're they're having like a barbecue outside in the snow it's it is kind of bizarre but one of the one of the traditions is also to watch the thing <laughs> inside on their TV entertainment room let's say and it's and you're like, oh my God, they're watching the thing. And so, there's one character, I think, she was like, no, I'm not watching this. This is just not right. <laughs> but the rest of them, they're all kind of like, yeah, let's watch the, you know, they're watching it. And I forget which scene. It's probably one of the the most uh, heavier scenes in the movie. So th- there is two connections, I-, I would say. Number one is the, th- the, the location and the suspense. And number two is the fact that they're watching that movie. Now, granted, that alone is not usually enough. Uh, for something to be good, this is a six-part miniseries, and like I said, it's it's because we're in the theme of murder mystery, and I'm not going to go deep into the mechanics of the show in terms of who's there first, who's there second, who's there third. The point of this is that at a certain point in this story, once the Winter Crew takes over, they find one of their crew members decapitated. And it's the mystery of trying to figure out not only who is the killer, but why. What's going on here? And throughout the story, you know, you learn a lot about the backgrounds of all of these characters. And you also learn about another station that was abandoned before this story. I don't know, a year or two years before or something like that. Very similar station to that one. There was some kind of fire that caused it to be damaged enough to be abandoned. And and a lot of the people that used to work in another station are now working in this station. Another important aspect of the story is that at a certain point, they lose contact with the winter crew. The outside world loses contact, so they send in kind of like a rescue team or an investigative team to see what's going on. And as that investigative team arrives... They're able to find two survivors, if you will, of that crew, of which you're being told kind of two points of view of what happened. So you have like a young scientist and she's the one telling you part of the story and then an older guy telling you the other part of the story of of what took place and how, you know, some of these people ended up disappearing or dying or something having to do with the you know the mystery surrounding that first initial murder that took place. It's really good. It's a foreign production so th- th- it has the feel of, of a foreign show. I think it was made in Spain well uh, the pro- I, I believe the producers were from Spain, but it's in English. but you do have all these other actors, Uh, ...international actors who every now and then they're talking in their language and then you get the subtitles. So you get that flavor of you're not always in your own language as you go along. I caught this show in HBO Max and it had apparently already premiered before internationally. So this is like the first time I guess that we get it in any shape or form. Uh, There is an actor here that I'll mention later uh, that, that I recognized... The the rest of the crew, I completely did not recognize. There was actually one other guy that I did recognize, but I'm I'm still not sure from where. The best thing about it is that it's short, and it potentially could only be one season. I could see how you might want to push it to a second, but you're really, really pushing it. The ending of this series is very... See I don't even want to tell you there's a there's a movie that I love where the ending kind of flips everything around on you uh, and this is kind of what you get here is that you you get to a point where you're like oh wait a minute is this is how it's happening or this is what took place and you re- you're like no no this isn't what took place this is different so It has a nice, nice twist at the end that could theoretically lead to a second series. Maybe, maybe not. I wouldn't be disappointed if they just left it the way it is because it's a nice, you know, way of wrapping up the story. The setting is very good. Obviously, there's some CGI when it comes to gigantic vistas or panoramic or, or even the station itself. I'm pretty sure you can't just built that station out of nowhere, like the full station. I'm sure they built chunks of it. From what I understand, the outdoor scenes were shot in Iceland, but the sets were in Tenerife, in the Canary Islands. Interesting. And like I said, you do have such a big mix of uh, Asian actors, European actors, you got Spanish act. You know, you got so much that it's like there's a little for everybody in it and it's good because it's you get to see how these people need to interact with each other to kind of get things going. Again, I, I recommend this one. this one's a, this was this was a fun one and because of the thing connection, it's not only how I got there but I'm glad that they actually threw that in there to make it kind of relevant if you're into the thing. this is a good uh, hook you know to get you there. The second show I want to mention is called the Fall. Now, this is a show that's been out there for a while now. From what I understand, first of all, it's a British show. It has three seasons. First one was in 2013, 2014, and then 2016. That's how it was uh, spread out. The show stars Jamie Dornan and Gillian Anderson. was not familiar with Jamie Dornan, but Gillian Anderson is really what drew me into this show. Gillian Anderson is the actress that used to be on The X-Files. And if you remember, it was it was Mulder and Scully. That was she was Scully, obviously. And she kind of disappeared after The X-Files for a while. She didn't seem to do too many uh, TV shows or movies or anything. But then she just popped up one day and I'm not entirely sure the series of events in terms of which came first, but I remember seeing her on the show Hannibal the television version of the with with uh, Matt's Mickelson, uh, kind of like the Red Dragon, uh, post Red Dragon Hannibal time frame. And she played the psychologist that or the therapist or whatever that is treating Hannibal. And I remember I used to watch that show, and it's like, she looks very familiar. Is that who I th-? she kind of looks a little bit like so and so? And man, she had a a really creepy kind of character that she played very cold very like in control and it was also like wow i can't believe that that's the same actress you know that used to be on x-files leo so many years ago but anyway she's popped up in other stuff too she had a role i think uh in um american gods i think it was the first might have been the first season i'm not entirely sure first or second, something like that. She played one of the gods, let's say, in a very, very weird role. She was wearing all kinds of different costumes and, and makeup and stuff like that. And again, it was a very unconventional kind of role, a very surrealistic role, which is, a, I mean, that show is, is pretty bizarre to begin with. So it, it, it kind of made sense that they would put her in something like this. But in this particular show... She is a detective, and because, again, we're in the subject of like uh, murder mysteries, she is a detective. uh, This takes place in um, Ireland. And she is brought in to help with a series of killings to investigate. And she's kind of like the outsider coming in to help. So she does have some kind of uh, resistance a little bit, if you will, to coming in, you know, that sort of thing. Her character is really, really... I don't wanna use the word interesting, because I use that word a lot, but unusual. She is very cold. (laughs) She is very analytical. She has this presence, and she has this previous relationships with with some of the characters that we meet. As a matter of fact, her direct immediate uh, supervisor, let's say, it's the same guy that I was mentioning before in the series, The Head. He is one of the the the, the actor is also it's the same as one of those two survivors that is telling the story, parlaying the story to. Them. Uh, so I'm like I'm looking at I'm like that guy looks familiar I'm like oh my god is that the guy from the fall without a without the beard I'm like yeah that's what that that's who that guy is. Interesting uh, again because this is a inter- it's an international cast, but I'm only two seasons into the show. There's a third season and it's basically you have a serial killer. Out there, And they're chasing him. They're trying to figure him out. And by the second season, you you go further. Again, I don't want to spoil anything. uh, But by the second season, you pretty much know what you're dealing with. They know what they're dealing with. And I'm about to start the third season. So we're getting very close to what happens next, which I'm really, really interested. But, yeah, this is a really good show. There are so many characters at play here, so many side stories that might seem completely non-related, but at a certain point, how those side stories intersect with the main killer here, how those stories overlap, and they lead to certain events happening that kind of make sense. To me, the lead actor, Jamie Dornan, he's very good. I had never seen him before, and as a matter of fact, I just saw him on another movie on on Netflix, which wasn't that good, but I have a feeling. He, I mean, he's probably been showing up in a lot more because this is this is a pretty old series when you think about it. It's already it's already like six years old, six seven years old. So it's kind of like wow, this thing has already uh, come and gone, and 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 you know, dorks like me are just discovering it now. It's kind of like with with Narcos. All of a sudden, I I jumped on it. You know, after the fact. But the the main thing about this series, and I'm going to say it. It's Gillian Anderson. It is just amazing the job that she does on this show. and and I wonder if this is kind of like a new way of being typecast of her playing that character because she's so good at it. It would be interesting if she did like a comedy or something at one point at a certain point because right now all the things I've seen her is these very serious murder mystery type of things that that she does very well. But she didn't have this kind of presence. Back in X, maybe it's because of Duchovny. Maybe because Duchovny was the star, more or less, of the show. He kind of sucked the air out of the room. She was always playing the straight, uh, you know, the straight man to the to the to the funny guy. You know, he was the weirdo, and she was like the the, the solid, rock solid, you know, uh, scientific person. Here, she's the only one, so she's carrying it all. And there's something about this actress, and and you rarely see this on in Hollywood, and that is. For example, you have somebody like like George Clooney, a guy who has gotten uh, more handsome with age. Like a lot of times as actors age, just like normal people age, you know, you you lose your looks. Whatever looks you had, if you had them in the first place, you start to lose them. There is a few people out there that for some reason it's the opposite. They seem to get... ...better looking as they get older. Again, the best example is somebody like a George Clooney. I wouldn't say Brad Pitt... ...because a Brad Pitt was already nice looking to begin with... ...so it's a matter of maintaining his his looks. But Gillian Anderson, to me... is ...I mean, I, 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 it's hard to remember other actresses. But for me, I don't know how or why... ...but she seems to be getting better looking as she ages. Maybe it's also because she's getting really good roles... Maybe uh, these the, like a series like this one, a series like Hannibal, was something that just brought her to the forefront more. But again, there was also a period uh, I remember during X Files where I think she was pregnant for a while, and they wouldn't sh- they would shoot her a certain way because they're trying to hide the pregnancy. But I, I don't know if they worked it into the show at some point. You know, her face got a little fuller, different hair, and again, the covenant was the star, so I think they were just paying more attention to him. But her now, it's like, wow, she could be doing, uh, you know, full-blown Hollywood films at this point because she is very photogenic. And in this show, she's fantastic. And I, I hope this actually led to other things because, like I said, the third season was in 2016. So you figure over the last four or five years... I hope she's been doing other stuff that kind of was able to springboard from this. Because uh, she is fantastic. I can't give you an overall wrap of the story. Again, it's a murder mystery. There's so many twists and turns in the story. It's one of those, you know, one step forward, two steps back kind of scenarios. And because we're about to enter the third season, for me, I can't really give you the overall sense of it. All I can tell you right now, the first two seasons are fantastic. And I can't wait to start the third. One more thing. This particular series I was able to watch on Peacock, which is another one of these sub streaming services. This is the NBC owned one. They got a couple of good shows on Peacock. Not, I mean, it's not, it's, they're nowhere near as good as, uh, the, their volume is not nowhere near as good as Netflix or Amazon, but they're, you know, they got some, some, some pretty good stuff in there hidden. Next up, we have Mayor of East Town. Once again, a show that I had no interest in in terms of, I hadn't heard anything about it, and it's funny because, once again, I I do a lot of shows having to do sometimes with poster design and how posters are made and the inspiration for posters and all that stuff, and believe it or not, I I think that that is still something that exists uh, in in a different way, I guess, in this digital age of ours. Um, Just like, for example, in the fall, the only way I knew about the fall was because there was a picture of... Jillian Anderson. And I remember looking at it and I'm going like, wait, is that the... Yeah, that's the, the... She was in Hannibal and and that's the... And now, oh, it looks like she's got her own series. It's like, oh, you know, in Hannibal, she was like a bit player. But now in this particular series, she's the lead. So it's like, that's how I got kind of like brought to that, you know, to try out the show and to at least look into it a little bit more and to find out, what's this? What is it? Is this a comedy? Is this a a drama? Is it a sci-fi show? What is it? And that's how I got there. Similar situation here. I think I saw a picture, or maybe I actually saw a full-blown trailer, I'm not entirely sure, of the star of this show, who is Kate Winslet. For those of you who don't remember, Kate Winslet, her big claim to fame was Titanic. That movie was huge. Huge. But I don't think I've heard much of her since then. She did quite a number of films after Titanic. But it, it's kind of like, you know, here or there. She was kind of like here or there, here or there. I, I don't think of her as a um, a very frequent working actress. I mean, I'm completely wrong when you probably look at her biography. And, and there were some uh, films that I am familiar with. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Little Children. You know, she's had some somewhat bigger than average films out there. But for some reason, she just doesn't stick in terms of uh, thinking of her as a, oh, it's another one of her films, it's another one of her films. It's that that sort of you know pull when it comes to having all these films. This time around, she's done a series. It's, again, it's a crime series. She plays a police detective in Pennsylvania, a small town in Pennsylvania. East Town, and it's funny because she's English and she has to kind of do this Pennsylvania kind of accent. Uh, and in the previous one, I think Gillian Anderson is American and she's doing an English accent. So it's funny how they how they go back and forth with these accents. And a lot of times, you're 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 surprised when you when you hear what is the actor's actual accent like for real, uh, and not the characters they're playing. Watching her in this, I completely forgot that she is English, and and she does have a a real English accent. This is a a show, it's one season. I believe it's only one season. I mean, I guess theoretically they could do another season of it. But I just finished watching this first season, and this is a little different in terms of... I, I, I hate to say it's a little lighter, again, compared to the previous shows we've been talking about. This one has very homey kind of scenarios between the the grandmother and the mother and some of the kids. But when it turns, it turns. And one of the best things about this particular series is that as you're getting close to the end, which is only, I mean, the series itself is only about, I think it's about seven episodes long. You're getting to these sequences where you kind of think, okay, I think we figured it out this is who the killer is, and then they flip it, and they do that a number of times. And you can kind of, I mean, you can cheat by kind of saying that, all right, by the time I get to this episode, you know who the killer is, but there's another episode after this, or there's two more episodes after this. So that's kind of a a slight cheat without being spoiled directly as to who the killer is, but you kind of expect that you kind of make the calculation that if you still have another episode to go, it cannot just be a you know a goodbye episode. there's got to be some meat and potatoes coming in that next episode. The other thing about this series is that it presents to you many suspects, many, many suspects. and some of them are so obviously possible killers and some of them are so impossible killers that make even more of a possible killer you know when i watch these these mystery um, crime dramas or you know uh, suspense films you know i always try to say all right let me see who they're throwing at me Uh, let me see who are the suspects that are clear clearly suspects and then i'm like well let me see who are not the suspects This guy's not a suspect. This guy's not a substitute. You know, that kind of thing. And then I'm like, okay, if they want to really flip it, they're going to go for the person that is the least least, uh, likely to be that suspect. And I think they kind of succeed or they kind of do it on purpose because they are kind of throwing these red herrings out for us. Or you could be just analyzing. I mean, you could just analyze something to death. And you can tie yourself into a knot, which which I've done many times. But here, it was really interesting how they, wow, it was this person. No, it was that person. No, it was that person. No, it was that per- You know, there was so much of that going on towards the end. That is really good. She's a very good actress, as I mentioned before, even though I haven't been following her career with that much detail or fanfare. This is one that I would imagine would give her a huge boost to her career. This is on HBO Max. And the previous one uh, I talked about, uh, The Fall, that I watched on Peacock. Uh, This was HBO Max, or or I think any of the HBO-related streamers would have them. The last one I want to talk about is Clarice. Clarice is a CBS show that was announced a while back. It being part of the Silence of the Lambs franchise. And if you guys remember, because we touched upon it very briefly earlier on, with Silence of the Lambs, you have the original Manhunter film, which was based on Red Dragon, the book. So you have have the books. Okay, fine, you have the books. Manhunter came and went, and it kind of went. (laughs) I, I love the film. It's a great film. Then you had Silence of the Lambs. Fantastic film, Academy Award-winning film, the best probably of all of them. There was something new, something different. It made an even bigger start out of Anthony Hopkins, and Jodie Foster play, played the Clarice character. That in itself spawned a couple of sequels and, and some prequels, and there was actually a remake of Manhunter with the title Red Dragon, which was the actual original title, I believe, of the book. I've read all those. I love them. Hannibal was the sequel to The Sands of the Lambs. Red Dragon was the remake of Manhunter. And then there was one more prequel without Anthony Hopkins. This is supposed to be like a World War II-ish era uh, young Hannibal and how uh, weird things that happened to him that he became the person that he became. The, the, the history behind the... Uh, the cannibalism, if you will, a pretty bad, not 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 a very good one. <laughs> not a very good uh, movie or or book, I guess at that point. but, I, but I did, again, I, yeah I read them all just to kind of let's just get it all out there. Okay. Then, in two thousand and thirteen, Hannibal, the series, which brought Matt Mickelson, which I mentioned earlier, and Gillian Anderson playing his therapist, his his psychologist. Very good series, super crazy stylized to the point where it reminded me a lot more of Manhunter. And, well, obviously it makes sense because it's the continuation of that character. It's the continuation of that cop. Remember, in Manhunter, if you guys remember, or Red Dragon, but specifically Manhunter, Hannibal Lecter is a very minimal, minimal character who's just in jail. He doesn't participate in much, but he makes enough of a good impression that somebody thought, I guess the writer, you know, it might be a good idea to maybe we should focus on him a little more this time. But with the television series, they did. And they also, like I said, made it much more of a stylized, surreal kind of show in a way in terms of how the cop gets into people's heads to kind of put himself in that location in the place of the victims and the killers, specifically the killers, I think. Anyway, that show only lasted, a, I don't know, one or two seasons. And that was the end of that. And then out of the blue, I don't know, maybe about a year ago or so, they announced that they're going to do a Clarice series. Now, the thing that was interesting about the Hannibal series, I believe, was that for whatever legal rights, they could obviously focus on Hannibal because the show was about Hannibal, but they couldn't touch the character of Clarice. And it kind of makes sense in a way. Timing-wise, because this is taking place after the first film. So Clarice is kind of not in the picture yet. But they could have done something with it. But they didn't. But I think it had legal reasons. Something to do with the rights of certain characters owned by certain studios. Clarice, this new show, is the opposite. They can touch on Clarice. They can touch on Buffalo Bill from Silence Glams, But they cannot touch on Hannibal. Which is what makes it weird. Which, okay, you you kind of work with that. Apparently the rights have something to do with MGM and Dino De Laurentiis' company. How they split the rights to certain characters. But anyway, this is what the show is about. It's a post-Silence of the Lambs vehicle. It really doesn't go into Hannibal territory. And by that I mean the, the second film. The second film is a little nutty, in my opinion, but it's basically her post assignment. You know, uh, following the events of *Sounds of the Lambs*. It's a pretty good show. It takes place, uh, I guess, in the '90s because that's when the movie came out. So you can kind of tell even the technology is a little older, and this, and the, the the clothing and the and the technology, everything's a little behind, which is kind of neat. The stories are are interesting. They do try to follow the. Serial killer, you know, not your average bad guy kind of scenario. They have gone in directions that are not exactly that way. They're what would be considered more traditional bad guys, let's say. It is also possible that we're still, you know, warming up to the show and, and, and kind of setting the pieces, you know, for what's coming. The show is heavily, heavily influenced or focusing on a side of the... You know, the freak of the week or the killer of the week or whatever, or the arc. You know, there's certain arcs that you're following certain killers, for example. But an ongoing thread through the show is, number one, the uh, the girl that she rescues, the the senator's daughter in Silence of the Lambs, her progression of how she's doing, because she's not doing very well as a result of, you know, the post-traumatic stress that she's living through after what happened. And her own, Clarice's own you know post traumatic and and her issues with her father and this and that so there's a little bit of that and and the way that they kind of work it is that when they pick a bad guy of the week sometimes that bad guy is able to tap into her things obviously not to the extent that somebody like Hannibal did but the connections are there the little hints of that but you don't get the full blown craziness that you do with 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 *Science of the lambs or even hannibal or the hannibal show the hannibal show was way way more out there more like what is going on here you know like this is nuts this one is a little more straight if you will if you want to call it that now the show i guess is not getting the best of ratings because i believe they just announced that they're moving it over at one point they i think they might have said cbs plus but now cbs plus is turning into paramount plus because cbs plus is folding into Par- you know all these streaming services are kind of consolidating with the with other entities but anyway I, I believe they're moving it over to the to the paramount plus side so i don't know if it's gonna last i hope it at least finishes the first season but i liked it so far some of the characters they're giving you are good they're interesting characters you want to know more about them The look of the show is pretty good, the the aesthetics of the show. The arc that they're following, and it almost seems to me like they're gonna be doing like one arc per season, like they're they're focusing this one season on a something to do with medical research, and somebody's killing the test subjects or something like that. And you know, the killers of the week, you know, whoever happens to be the, the bad guy, you do kind of frame them as pretty creepy individuals, but not exactly, you know, Hannibal Lecter type or even Buffalo Bill type. It's funny because they, they do a lot of recreations uh, or reenactments of, of the Buffalo Bill character. And they have an actor that kind of looks like him. And they it's really cool how they were able to match so many of the scenes because, you know, you had a lot of flashbacks and that sort of thing. And I believe they're using original footage, not stuff from the original films, but they, they shoot their own footage with their own actor. And it's really, really cool how they can recreate all that stuff. But anyway, that's that's kind of like the format of the show. But something really interesting happened that I I, I wasn't expecting. And, and it, it was something that was kind of off way on the radar. On one of these current episodes, they are interviewing, I don't know if you want to call them a suspect or a person of interest. Uh, it's a couple. And they're what appears to be. The two women, one of them is kind of recovering or or going through the middle of some kind of a maybe radiation therapy or something. And the other one is kind of there and she's her partner or she's helping her out or something like that. But something looked a little different to me. Now, one of the cool things they did on this episode was they worked it into the story. The topic of how Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs did more damage, fictionally... (laughs) <laughs> if that's a word and in reality and let me explain this again this goes back to uh, a subject we talked about before and that is i think it was the Gina Carano situation about her comments of, of trans people and and you know insensitivity and making fun of the the whole trans subject science of the lambs is a to me it's a great film it is just such a great groundbreaking horror thriller type of film but there are things that we kind of bypass. There are certain things that we watch, depending on the period of history that you live, where you're not in tune to certain things, and they kind of go over your head. In the story itself, and I read some interviews, I think, with Jonathan Demi, you know, uh, that he had given a long time ago. Uh, because of, there was criticism, apparently, when, it, when Sounds of the Lambs came out, from the LGTB community, about... The fact that they made Buffalo Bill the sexually confused monster that he was. And they've explained it by saying that historically, there have been many films or television shows or, or entertainment where it's an easy go-to either a laugh or a killer or a murdered person. In other words, there's always some kind of depravity taking place. And it's specifically linked to... At one time, it could have been somebody who's homosexual. At at another time, even more recently, it's somebody who is trans. Somebody who is in the process of transitioning from one gender to the other or, or just doesn't know what to do about it. and You know, somebody who is a certain way and there's just nothing to help them to feel better or to change to what they want to be because either the science doesn't exist yet you don't have access to it. Your your family doesn't want you to do it. You know that kind of thing. So in Hollywood, it seems as if here's another example where you have a movie where it's kind of like all right. So the bad guy is some is a man who is pretending to be a woman. But even in the film, I remember, they kind of put a line in there. uh, And I think Hannibal is the one that's correcting her, saying, well, is the man trying to transition or something like that? He's like, no, he's not. He is not a true trans person. So they built it in there. But in the interview uh, that I read, Jonathan Demi says that that is one of the failures of the film that he recognized much later, was that he didn't make it clear enough that this person, you know, the bad guy of the film is lying he is not the type of person that you might get or i might get a snapshot a quick snapshot of a that's the killer the killer is the one that's pretending to be a woman without much thought into it and it perpetuated this narrative that was very kind of like on the outskirts of the story being told it perpetuated the myth It perpetuated the stereotype. It perpetuated the type of thing, again, that in the past has been done to either homosexual characters, lesbian characters, um, you could say black characters, Asian characters, Jewish characters, you name it. These stereotypes and these easy to go to, we need to put a stamp on the bad guy. There you go. Bad guy equals different equals boom. Who's the the different person of the week? That's going to be the bad guy for you. That's the reality of it, that the film got some blowback because of that. Again, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Again, I'm, let's see, 1992. I'm what, 22 years old, man. Yeah, I'm in my 20s, so I, I don't. I'm not attuned to that. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Also, should have uh, said up front, I am nowhere near an expert in this. <laughs> absolutely not and I am I'm actually learning about this as we go along and again not to get political here we go but I'm a very open-minded person and I understand where certain shortcomings are and I know that it is very possible that right now as open-minded as I am there might be some things that I'm completely missing there might be something that I find hilarious or intriguing or a great plot device for a movie. And I'm not making that connection that, oh, wait a minute. This is actually making fun of that person. And you're laughing at the expense of that person. Yeah, it... It happened back in the 80s. I talked about this before. I'm re-watching some of these 80s films, and it's like, oh, man, I can't believe they made a joke about that. Or I can't believe they did that or said that or did that to that person or they, or they talked like that person, you know, that kind of stuff. And not until now am I seeing it. I'm like, oh, man, wow, that was so messed up. Again, these are movies that I loved, and I still love some of these movies, but it's like, ooh, you start to feel a little uncomfortable watching them now. Well, this is one of those things that... Up until recently, it was almost kind of like, yeah, I guess that's okay, right? You know, you're like, and now the more you think about it, and the more that it is explained to you, the more that you start to understand it. Again, this is also a very political thing. Depending on what side of the aisle you stand on, you might just say BS. This is all just BS. It's all BS. It's all PC. It's all hold your hands and be friends and be nice to people. BS. Who cares? You know, to, to quote a, one of the slogans from the past elections, F your feelings. <laughs> you might be in that camp. And if you're in that camp, you're in the wrong place right now. You're way in the wrong place. Go find another <laughs> podcast. But I'm not in that camp. And this, this is how I... Am examining this now so going back to the show the show talks the show by bringing in this character who is played by an actress named jen richards by bringing in that character the character talks to clarice and tells her that she doesn't want to help her out because of you know all the blowback that happened after the the buffalo bill case in terms of how people like her were kind of demonized And then you kind of like, okay, I understand what's going on now. This person is a trans person that I guess used to be a man at one point and now is a woman. And she is talking about the difficulty of the popularity of the case, again, in the fictional world of Silence of the Lambs. But it's really talking about the real world of silence of the lambs the fear and the prejudices that i guess the character or in real life some people experienced because of the negative portrayal of a character that was thought to be a trans character which wasn't but it just overtook everything you know the the media and the mass enjoyment of the film kind of sidetracked oh bad guy that's the bad guy that's the bad guy let's just leave it at that and now what they did is they have a multi-part episode now, which I'm still in the process of, of watching because they've been delaying them a little bit, of how this character will interact now with the story. Originally, I read that the, this actress was brought in as a consultant because they wanted to address that issue. And that once they started talking to her, they said, no, yes, we want you as a consultant, but I think we also want you in the TV show itself because she's an actress, and they worked it into a three-part arc. Again, I'm, in the, I'm still in the process of watching it right now. But I was like, I remember I was watching it and I'm like, are they going there? I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they're going there. They're actually addressing this. They're addressing a real-life situation in the show as a fictional story, but addressing the real-life situation. And I, I was just fascinated that they were willing to do that. And then I started researching this actress uh, again, Jen Richards. And I saw that uh, one of the things on her bio was a documentary. And and, and she kind of explains that that's one of the ways that she got into this whole thing, you know, kind of being an activist, you know, for the trans community. That she was in a documentary called Disclosure. And I was able to find it on Netflix. I think it was Netflix. And it's all about the media portrayal of trans individuals. And... It's really good. There are some parts of the documentary that I was like, what the hell is this all about? You know, like I said before, I am not an expert. I am learning about this. And one of the things that they mentioned on the documentary, aside from all the examples they give you, which is great, you get to see historically in film and television how trans characters are portrayed or how trans actors and actresses are portrayed and you do see that that common thing of they fall under certain subtopics they're either crazy killers or murder victims you know you know all the they, they they're basically put in these weird scenarios and they explain how a lot of these people whether very old now or very young you know new people how they've been getting their Idea of what that is or what they should be from television. Because nobody wants to talk about it at home, nobody's going to talk about it in school. It was one of those secret things. Again, it, it kind of follows a, a similar path as the, um, the homosexual or lesbian kind of um, stories you hear about. Oh, in the past, this is how it was, and this is how it is, and so people kept quiet, and you're in the closet, out of the closet, you know, that whole thing. It kind of follows that trend. And you do see it. It's like, yeah. If you don't have anybody to talk to about that, where do you go? And where do you get your information? And unfortunately, television and film, they were dealing in stereotypes. Like, they always do. They always do. (laughs) Unfortunately, little by little, you start to see characters that are more realistic and that are not necessarily stereotypes. And that's kind of what they're doing here in this particular show. And in other shows now, it's one of these very slow crawls to civility if you will where on one side you have people saying no get out of here get back in the closet you know that kind of stuff you know they're all evil blah 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 and then on the other side you have no these are just regular people that are just a little different that's all it is once again i'm going to say this just to remind you i still don't know how all this works i still try to make sense of the gender pronoun thing i think I think I almost understand it, but it's one of those things that if you're in a situation where you think you might be hurting somebody's feelings, why do that? Why purposely hurt somebody's feelings when you have the option of not hurting somebody's feelings? Why cause pain when you don't have to? I mean, I understand making a mistake and ins- and you accidentally insult somebody laughing at something that somebody might find offensive but you don't understand that you're insulting somebody in the process i i get that but again like i said it- it's it's just a it's a learning process and you never know like i said we could be we could be in the middle of one right now and we don't even realize it it might take another 10 15 years to realize oh wait a minute that was not cool <laughs> But anyway, this is another show, again, going back to the original point of this episode, because to me it follows the Hannibal Lecter story, the Science of the Lamb story. I'm all for it. I want to see more. I want to see where it goes, really. I, I really like to see what direction it goes. Uh, so far, they're doing really well with the style and the feel. I'm, I'm, I'm getting used. I mean, granted, you have Jodie Foster stuck in your mind, and then you had, I think, Julian Moore played her on the second one, and it was like, kind of, oh, okay, that's not, that's not Jodie Foster. She's this girl's not Jodie Foster either. But you kind of start to get used to them after a while, the different actors playing the roles. But being in that world to me is enough. Uh, the fact that they can tap into the aesthetics of of that. It all comes down to the bad guys and the mystery. If they can kind of work that out, that'd be great. Unfortunately, like I said, the fact that they're already flipping the show over to Paramount Plus means that uh, they don't have that much confidence in it. Maybe. Because you figure it would have stayed on CBS if if it was a a hit. Uh, So we'll see what happens. So there you go. You have a couple of shows here now I gave you. They're all in that weird genre of murder mystery that... You know, keeps you guessing. Uh, Some of them are more compact where you know there's an ending to it. Like it's seven episodes or six episodes and that's it. And some of them are actual series that go on and on and on and and you're trying to kind of keep up with them to see where they're going. But you have plenty of choices in the crime suspense thriller genre. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We looked at a whole bunch of Eh, somewhat new, crime, mystery, thriller type of shows. Whodunits, murder whodunits kind of thing. You have plenty of selections to pick from. Since I recorded the initial show, I've been able to finish a couple of these, or, or at least get further along with them. In the case of The Fall, I finished watching the third season. Loved it. It was very good. I really, really hope they go for a fourth season. There have been a couple of interviews... ...popping up here or there... ...Jillian Anderson and also I think the producer of the show... ...talking about the possibility of reuniting for a fourth uh, series... ...a fourth season. I'm not sure exactly what direction they could take the show... ...because season three definitely has a finality to it, if you will. It's really, really good how they examine the post-capture... ...and the, the media fascination... ...and the people that get affected by this particular individual... You know, as he is being evaluated, you know, and prepped for trial, they did a really, really good job because uh, I honestly wasn't sure where were they going to go with the third season and they went in a great, and my God, talk about a, some shocking developments and some shocking scenes. There's a scene where I I was like, holy F, (laughs) right there in the living room. It was wow. I couldn't believe what just happened. And, uh... Again, it was just amazing how, how good that was. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> the other show uh, I want to mention a little bit more is Clarice. I believe they, since I talked last, they're definitely uh, heading in that direction. I do not think the show is getting renewed. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I'm pretty sure it's not getting renewed. Uh, but they are going to shift, I believe, the rest of it to Paramount+. Plus. They concluded that particular arc I was telling you about before in a good way when you really think about the trajectory of that character and how they portrayed that character. It's yeah, you're like, wow, they actually made this character somewhat of a person that saves the day kind of thing. She, she does something unexpectedly that helps them get to a position where they're in, in much better shape than they were before. Uh, So that was kind of neat that they didn't just relegate it back to the traditional stereotypical tropes that we talked about earlier. Too bad the show is going away, you know, it's like, wow, okay, hey, whatever. You never know, you might get another chance uh, at a a Hannibal or a Silence of the Lambs type of thing sometime in the future. There's little blips here or there of the possibility of doing something with Hannibal again, Uh, Matt Mickelson's Hannibal. So you never know uh, which way this is going to go. But I hope you enjoyed this show. There's, like I said, there's plenty to pick from for you guys if you are into the uh, the murder mysteries, you know, the, the whodunits, that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, and I'm sure there's even more out there that I haven't even touched yet. But you got a, a nice selection here to pick from. So on behalf of everybody here, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon here at GeekFest France. Bye-bye, everybody. heaven West Virginia You are a woman with a very public reputation for hunting monsters I can't have a reputation I've only done it once it's time you own that reputation it's time to come out of hiding starling take me home to the place So how long has it been? When's the last time you went back to Appalachia? It's been years. A lot of old ghosts. This isn't Buffalo territory anymore, Starling. We do evidence, not it's a full moon and I've got a feeling. So you'll keep quiet until I tell you. And then you will say what I tell you. DC is living in fear. I don't like this. This is deep and dark, Clarice. This is getting worse. It always gets worse. I know you have your own demons to carry, but you're the only one who can help. Whose stories are worth telling? Who's worth hearing? Never let anyone decide that for you.